This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Intuitive shamanic healing, psychic dreams and visions, and learning about past lives. This is the story of one ordinary woman's extraordinary spiritual journey. It is the story of Chloe's awakening to her divine purpose, healing herself and helping others. In her book, she reveals the path to a happier, healthier, more fulfilling life. Through her connections with spirit guides and other dimensions, Chloe gains cosmic knowledge. Throughout her extraordinary journey, she experienced visions, lucid dreams, parallel universes, collective dreams, and knowledge of past lives. Despite deeply embedded trauma, an incurable illness, and serious medical conditions, she was able to heal herself. She shares her profound mystical experiences in Greece, Crete, France, Ecuador, Mexico, and Asheville, North Carolina, including the invitation to become a spiritual grandmother. As a shamanic healer and medium, she has performed sessions in Ecuador, Mexico, and the United States. Valeria interviews Chloe Kemp, the author of Wisdom Keeper, My Extraordinary Journey to Unlock the Sacred Within. Chloe is an award-winning writer, creative director, multimedia artist, and former editor-in-chief and publisher of an award-winning magazine. She is now a wisdom keeper who can foresee and interpret divine truth. Her connections with spirit guides and other dimensions bring cosmic knowledge to her ancient wisdom. Chloe is clairvoyant, clairaudient, telepathic, clairsentient, and a remote viewer and healer. Meet Chloe at chloekempwisdomkeeper.com. Here's the interview with Chloe Kemp. In your own words, who is Chloe Kemp? Well, I think the best way to describe me is I am a wisdom keeper. And I actually got that name because I started remembering so much information from past lives, very detailed, and how how I used to heal people in ancient times with ancient traditions. And I just followed this journey for years, and then it finally all came together, and I realized I need to share this information, and I need to to step in my power and, and own this knowledge and this wisdom. So, mm. Yes, it sounds wonderful to me <laughs> and fascinating to see human beings waking up to the 
the true self per se, it's hard to put a word into it because it seems like it's not this specific thing, but it's everything and no thing at the same time. Yeah, and with that in mind, I will ask you the question about spiritual awakening. So many of us have misconceptions about what that is. So I would love for you to clarify, what is spiritual awakening from your perspective? And why is this something that seems to be, kind of seems to happen to some and not all of us? Okay, great question. Um, I'll just, I'll relay a lot about what my spirit guides have told me because I, I'm in direct communication with them all the time. When I realized back in 2010 that we were going to go through some very dark times, I asked my spirit guides, like, why are you waiting? You, you know, this is going to happen. I know it's going to happen. I've seen the visions. Why, why are you not? doing something now. And the way they explained it to me is that your planet has free will and we, we have to honor that. We have to step back and let people wake up when they're ready. And that is why we don't just in the blink of an eye, everybody's awake, but, but there is going to be a point where they stop waiting. There will be a, a point where they're just going to say, Whoever, you know, is on their spiritual journey, you, you get on this train. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're, uh. if you're not, if not aware, <laughs> this is your other train. <laughs> so that's, it's kind of simplistic, but that's really it. And as far as like a definition, um, t- to me, for, based on my experiences, it is a, it is a way for you to get on your own spiritual path. For me, it it meant everything shifted for me. It was now my first priority in life is my spiritual path. That's the that everything comes from that beginning point. And I think until people get on their awakening journey, you know how it is living living in these days. You're just so caught up with just working and trying to survive. It's your your plate is full and but it, it, your priorities are different. And so, and it can be, it can be a, um, a very slow process, a gradual process. It can be a spontaneous process. Um, I just encourage people to be open to whatever shows up in their life because you don't know, oh, that, that thing that seemed weird, that might be the beginning of my awakening. Right. Yeah. yeah. That resonates true to me that uh, it's really getting on the spiritual path. With that in mind, to get a little bit more clarity for the audience, what is the goal, Chloe, of the spiritual path? Well, again, I'm just going to share my own uh, my own experiences if if you're on a spiritual path and that becomes your priority, your life works so mm. much better. Mm. It is it is so much <laughs> easier. It is really so much easier because you're it's not like you're saying, Oh, okay, well I don't have to do anything because I'm on a spiritual path and that, that was my only commitment and now you know spirit will take care of me. No, we're still in bodies on planet Earth. We still have to do legwork. But the difference is if you get on a path, then all your legwork 
goes through that filter of what's the best for the highest good for me and everyone else. So that's to, that's a more simplistic idea of, to me, the importance of your own spiritual path or your own spiritual awakening. So there is, so there are some spiritual universal truth behind that goal. And you just mentioned one of them, what might be, or this might be it, who knows, that it's to benefit, do whatever benefits us and others at the same time. Because ultimately we will know that, or we, we are there knowing that everything is connected, that we are not disconnected from the outside world and what's happening now. And, and just keeping in mind, if you're committed to your spiritual path, then everything that you do, you think is along the guidelines of what is the highest good for every being involved. So you can't, you can't just selfishly go, well, I'm just going to worry about myself and, you know, hope that everything else falls into place. No, you have to look at the bigger picture. We're, we're one tiny piece of its huge, um, microcosm of energy. And so we all want, if we're all, if we all are join our energy together and, and our goal is to be for the highest good, then it's amazing what we can produce, what we can achieve. That is so true if we are listening, right? Right. It's kind of obvious to me, has been since I was very young, but it's not for everyone to see that we are not just humans here. There's a lot more happening and essentially we are spirits. But if we can see it that way, it also amazes me that we have this, you call it free will. So we are actually not separate, but we have the ability to feel separate. It's possible <laughs> to view because it's almost impossible, right? Because you can't right. separate. But uh, I'd love to hear from you a bit more about that, <laughs> the free will piece. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I'm not, I can't speak for other planets and other dimensions, but it's, it's truly a, a, an important piece of living here on Earth. And so it, you know, it can, it has both sides. It has a positive and a negative. A positive is that I think we all like to feel like we have some freedom in our choice and our choices and the way we want to live. But the, the negative can be when you're, um, you get so stuck in what I, the 3D world that, you know, we're here, that world, which is the physical world which is you only thinking of yourself as a human being. Um, and that's where we can get really stuck. Those are the people who have a hard time waking up, honestly, because they're, they're so ingrained with their existence being totally only in the third dimension that they have lost contact and connection and forgot. Like, oh, wait a minute, we're, we're the part of this way bigger thing going on here. So, um, and that's why I think my spirit guides have told me we're not going to wait indefinitely. There will be a, a point, and I keep getting the word reckoning. I'm careful with how I use my words for talking about this, but there is definitely going to be a point when it's, it's like an absolute choice. It's either get, get on or off, but there's not any more time. And the way they've explained it to me is that um, so the people who have not gotten on their own spiritual path and they're not awake, they will just continue. It won't look to them like anything has changed at all. (laughs) 
the difference will be that they're going when things are bad and dark, they're going to feel it. And the people who are awake are not. They're, they're, they're going to be there. We're, in other words, we're, we can coexist here, but we're, our realities are not going to be the same. Not at all. 2020 was a very interesting time. And I have heard that, that that's part of this spiritual evolution taking place. Do you agree? And how did you, um, let's experience that 2020 and all those chains. Okay, well that was that was actually the beginning of me really considering uh, you know maybe it's time I need to tell my story. Um so I had in 2010 well in in 2008 I a lot of things started changing for me in a huge way like abilities started showing up and lots of visions. And so in 2010 I had one of my most powerful vision dreams. And it, it was about the pandemic. I, I mean, I didn't know that what, what I, all I knew from that dream was there's going to be a natural disaster, which not sure, you know, how natural this is, but there was going to be a worldwide disaster. And, um, and it was going to affect the entire world. And there would be, um, microchipping and martial law. So normally I, I interpret my own dreams, but this one I, I knew was like, uh, this is huge. You, you need to get some help on this one. This, this is really big. So I contacted a dream interpreter and she said, there are people all over the country, which she was referring to the U.S., that are having that same dream right now. And she said, it's not like they're identical, but they all see three things. They all see a worldwide disaster. They all see martial law and they all see microchipping. That really freaked me out because I'm like, okay, we're not, we don't know each other. We weren't sharing our dreams, you know, like that, that really stood out to me. So in 2010, when COVID showed up, I felt so guilty. I, I thought, oh my God, you've known this was company coming for 10 years. Why didn't you stop it? Well, my spirit guides told me that I wasn't going to be able to stop it. And they said, we're not stopping it either, but I still had to work through some guilt. It was very strange to have such a concrete vision happen that, that I, I, I really struggled for months about what, now what do I do? And so what I've chosen to do, what I am, what I was guided to do by my own spirit guides is it's time to, um, it's time to teach people how to help heal themselves and the world. That's really what this lesson is about. You know, this, that's what COVID is about. It's the worldwide pandemic. It's, it's a wake up call. And yeah, so that, that is how, so, it, you know, we got, a, I'm in Mexico. We got locked down in March. And so by, um, September, my spirit guides were like really spelling it out. Like, okay, you have to write a book. That is, that is your job right now. And, and you have to tell everything that you know, do not leave anything out. And, um, and I resisted it because I, I hadn't told hardly anybody any of the things that I knew. <laughs> so I had to just take this huge leap of faith. And I, and fortunately I had time during the process of writing it to let go of my fear about, Oh my God, you're going to tell everybody all this stuff that nobody knows. Yeah. What's going to happen next? Yeah, I'm glad you did. <laughs> um, opened your heart to it. Did you worry at all 
during the pandemic? Did you have any, beside the few of, um, or, or the resistance in writing the book, were there any other worries that you were able to see in you or not really? I, you know what? I, the only worry I had, and it was really out of a, it was more a sense of obligation rather than a worry is I, I knew I had to get the book written and, and get it out. And so that motivated me to be very careful about getting sick because for that reason, I'm just like, you know what? Just keep me safe. I'll do my part here because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm actually here, but you can do your part from your dimension to keep me safe until this book is finished and it's out. So that was my only, my only really big concern during the first couple of years of the pandemic. Was getting my book done. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's not even a worry, <laughs> but a concern. Yeah, that's better <laughs> that yeah. way. Yeah. So now it's a good time to talk about your book, Wisdom Keeper, My Extraordinary Journey to Unlock the Sacred Within. So talk to me about the main intention and purpose behind writing the book and also a bit of the story. I would love to hear this story too. My audience would appreciate that. Okay. Well, when it became clear that it was time to to tell everything, uh, honestly, I resisted it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I played around with the idea, like, how about I write a fiction book and, and I'll yeah. make a character that's just like me. And, and, and I promise she'll have every experience that I've had. I just won't have to step in and own it. And, of course, my spirit guides were like, uh, no, that's right. You know, the whole point is you have to speak your truth. Mm, yeah. And I also was working, um, there's a shaman that I've worked with in Mexico since 2018. And so I, I was in touch with him a lot during this book process and I ran the idea by him. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about a fiction book? And he went, no, absolutely uh, not. Your story is way too powerful and it has to be told from, from your personal experience. That's, that gives it the power. You, you have to step in and own that power and don't worry about the fact of, you know, you haven't told anybody and don't worry about or think about what people might think when they read it, because a lot of it's very far out. And I just, it really took me a lot of work, but I just finally got to the point where I'm trusting totally whoever is supposed to read it will. And I'm not trying to draw in people that are non-believers. You know? Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. It. So, so I guess that is, is how the beginning of it started. So it was just really kind of getting me brave enough because it was huge to move from like, I didn't tell anybody to asking right. me to tell the whole world. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> yeah. It is a tall order. <laughs> yeah. And, and so the book is just, uh, I just share my own personal experience because I didn't set out to have this amazing spiritual life. That wasn't, I, that was never a decision in my mind at all. I just started having unusual things happen even when I was very young. But when I was young, I just kept pretending they were coincidence or they were random. I, I couldn't even imagine the truth about it. You know, it was just like too much for me to to say what's what was really happening. And so I think this journey of of agreeing to write the book 
was to share with people like it, it's it's not always your spiritual journey is not always this you know profound moment where you're like oh my god my life totally changed it can be it can be it can be very gradual and um mine just kept being things that would happen and and there just was a point in my life well I moved to Asheville North Carolina in 2007 that's when my life spiritual life exploded in a huge way and so I just, I just went with it. I didn't, I didn't resist it. I just like, okay. It's like, kind of was like I'm floating down a river on a, on a, on an inner tube. Like I'm just, I'm on the ride. I'll just, yeah. I'll see where it takes me. Hmm. So, yeah. So I, I asked, I'm not sure if I answered completely your question, but. Yeah. The overview of how it happened. Of course, there's uh, so many more details in your book which is wonderful right. to, to witness. I mean, I love seeing human beings waking up to that part of them. They have been hiding, denying, which I have done too, of course, because it's interesting how we are trying to almost like play the game that this <laughs> is real. <laughs> this this <laughs> is the only thing that's real here, right? To eat and sleep right. and, and watch TV. <laughs> but gosh, like, we cannot ignore that there's so much more happening and it can be felt. Oh, yeah, I love those abilities, clairvoyant. So if you could explain to, to the audience, it would be wonderful. So let me see if I can pronounce all of them. You are a clairvoyant, clear audience, telepathic, clear sentient, healer, of course, remote viewer. So these... Um, abilities that most of us actually we have right Chloe right. but we don't yes. explore them we, we resist exactly. yeah so talk to me for a moment about these abilities and how you discovered them all at once or they came little by little I would say they came little by little uh, but but you know I kept putting them on the back burner as oh that was just random or you imagined it so I, I did a lot of that for years and so it all kind of came together when I was writing the book I'm like okay you have to start defining what you do and you and and you you have to own it you can't pretend anymore that you that you don't have these abilities and so um for me, it was, I mean, I, so all of those abilities are, uh, they're either it's, they're talking about you can, you can hear spiritual information, spiritual guidance, you can see spirits, you can see, you have visions. Um, I, I love the, uh, telepathic communication. I, what, one of the, the place where I'm originally from, it's called the wise ones dimension and and that was how we communicated and it was so interesting because there's a a sound healer in uh, Asheville that I've done a lot of work with and the last time he did a healing on me after the healing I I would be thinking a question and before I could even ask it he would answer it out loud that went on 30 minutes And I don't think he realized what yeah. was happening. I did immediately. It was like, yeah, yeah. this is wild. So, <laughs> so these were just yeah. all those names that you just, uh, you know, read off. Those were things that happened over time. And, and I just kind of had needed to pull them together, you know, when I was, was writing the book. Um, but for me, they were like normal. It was, it was normal for me. I remember when I was in college, 
I would, um, I lived in a dorm and I only answered the phone when it was for me, which was wild because I, I, I that was one of those that I thought, mm, you are probably psychic, but I'm like, oh no, 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 of course not. <laughs> But, you know, how could you explain that? Like I, the phone, that would be the only time I would ever answer the phone. So it was just little things like that. And so I, I encourage everyone who's listening to just start paying attention to those tiny little things that, that you might think, oh, well, no, nah, that's not really anything. Because a lot of times that's exactly when you get that, that, that desire to say, oh, that's probably not anything. Stop. Because... Because that's usually a, a red flag on, oh, yeah, it is something. <laughs> you need to look at this. So paying attention is very important. I agree. And the component of trust, right, Chloe? That's something yes. that we started today, the conversation yes. before recording. Trust, to me, has been reinforced in a way. Whatever happens in the physical reality and within the thoughts to emotions, just trust at all. And it's not easy to just trust because the body's carrying so much of survival, let's say DNA. It's right. all about protecting itself. And then also the parts of us. So the question is when you when you were I know you said you were surprised to see like the phone rang and then it was uh, for you. You just answered when, when it was for you. So what's happening? It seems like there are many within one, the one, which it is the case anyway, if if we really think it that way. The one and then the many. Is that something that you kind of relate to when it comes to the idea of us being many parts, being the whole with many parts? And there is always different voices within our our thought system. Is that something that you often talk about or or no? Not not really on those terms. Uh, yeah. I you know what? I kind of steer clear. Whether I'm just, I might, I might meet you on the street or if I'm talking about my book, I try to stay, steer clear of, um, throwing in like concrete, like, okay, this, this is my belief. There's a one and then there's many. I, I, I want, I really just want to share and inspire people to, to find their own path. They may want to try some of the things I did, but I'm, I'm trying to, be pretty neutral if that makes sense so that I want people I want people to feel comfortable hearing me and and maybe paying attention a little bit closer to my message and I think maybe they are more open if if I'm giving my messages from a neutral place so yeah yes yeah I agree when it comes to it the spiritual path does it always take suffering to get on it, <laughs> I noticed too, within my own life has been the case. <laughs> or do we have other options? <laughs> I I I know for me, um, my well, my pattern has been my spirit guides do their best to tell me, you know, things that I need to know. And sometimes I can be kind of stubborn, and you know, just like oh, that's probably not nothing. I it's easy for me to still do that. And so for me, when I can't get my attention any, any other way, they just slam me with physical illnesses and like tons of suffering, tons of suffering. And 
but I'm okay with that. I mean, even when I got diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, uh, after I got through the shock, I, t- I talked to the universe and I said, okay, I'm very clear. You gave that to me because I have lessons. I, I understand. And I also understand that you might feel like it's necessary for me to have it for the rest of this lifetime. If that is your decision, I will honor that. But on the, in the meantime, I'm also going to work mm-hmm. to try to get rid of it. Yes. <laughs> so that's kind of how I look at suffering. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, and that's why this big, huge, I'm calling the pandemic a wake up call because sometimes that's the only way to get people's attention, including my own, is to cause some suffering. And so it's not, it's not, you know, there's no joy for them to cause suffering, but it's like, okay, we're desperate. You have got to pay attention. And so it's just usually used almost, I think almost really at the last resort when nothing else is working, then then they go, okay, we'll just throw that in there and see what happens. So, yeah. So you you know what I, in fact, I tell my clients that I, uh, my healing clients, that I, when they have something difficult that shows up, I'm like, you know what? I, I know it's not easy to do, but I want you to work on trying to turn turn it around and thank it for giving giving it so much thank thankfulness and gratitude because it's bringing you some powerful lessons. And so rather than getting stuck and oh, I feel like I'm suffering, this is too hard. I just encourage people to turn it around. Like, where is the silver lining? And the silver lining is usually because there's some amazing lessons if you'll go through it. And and sometimes suffering to go through the lessons, it's hard. It, I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Sometimes it's really hard. And I have heard something recently very interesting that I, I think I never heard it that way before, that the soul struggles. So that was kind of surprised me in a way because I thought that the soul knew it all and it's a part of us that doesn't struggle. But I heard it that this woman say, yes, the soul struggles. Do you speak of the soul? Do you make this distinction between soul and spirit or are they one and the same? Well, yeah, you know what? It's, it's, it's what I use on with my words may be different from somebody else, but I, I, in my mind, when I'm talking about spirit, surrendering to spirit, spirit guides, it's like, um, from other dimensions, they're, um, they've been around, they, you know, they know things <laughs> they, they've had experiences and they can share with you. This is going to be the easiest way to do this. Um, and your soul is, stays with you forever. You know, it's like you're, yes, you can change your body and, you know, many, many times your soul just keeps coming with you. It's always with you. That's, you know, so, and I, I don't know if I, I agree with the soul struggles. Um, Mm, yeah, no, I, I mean, I kind of believe if you're coming completely from your soul, uh, no, you're not going to, there's not going to be, uh. I don't think you're, I personally, I don't think your soul is ever confused about what to do. Your soul is waiting for you <laughs> to like get on board, but I, I don't think, I don't think a soul, I, I think a soul is divine and it, it, and it knows the divine truth and it knows what needs to, to be done to be in the highest good. It's just us. If there's a struggle between our soul and our, ourself who's in this 
body on on planet Earth, if that makes a little bit of sense. But that's kind of how I look at that. Yeah, that's the way I thought it too. The soul would not struggle. But then I heard that way and I'm very open <laughs> to yeah. whatever is being said. So I was listening to it and kind of now you said that too. So now it's kind of the soul, the spirit. I tend to to kind of focus on the direct truth that there's just one of us here or one one thing that's a no thing really happening which is divine presence so that's my focus really my attention it always goes into it so I listen to everything it's almost like this uh, participating in this beautiful dance (laughs) and just dancing with everything and everyone but it's uh, in the end um, there's no one dancing there's just the music really playing that's right. It. Well, I mean, maybe maybe our soul feels like it's struggling when we're not waking up to what it's trying. And when I say we, I mean, you like your ego based three dimensional being. Maybe the soul is frustrated and, and feels like they're struggling if we're just, you know, going on our merry way in our 3D world and they are wanting us to go deeper. I mean, maybe. Yeah. Maybe Maybe that's frustrating for the soul. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense as well. <laughs> Another question I have for you is that uh, recently I came across two situations. Usually I'm like in loss of words because I know that all of us humans, they have to do is just go within. We have all the answers. So it's hard for me to even say something in situations like that. So one situation was uh, one of my friends her sister-in-law lost her daughter. She's very young and she suddenly died all of a sudden. So I could see in her eyes, she was just telling me, she was very connected to her. And then I saw in her eyes the, that deep-seated suffering, pain. And the only thing I could say is that, what do you believe in? I had to ask a question. <laughs> what do you believe in? Do you believe in divine force, in God or something? Because I couldn't really say anything else, but just ask questions to see, you know, where her heart was. But do you help people when, what do you tell them? If you help people, do you help people one-on-one or online? Yeah. 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 And how do you help them in a situation like this? What would you tell them? Well, in a situation like that, I just listen and listen and listen and Mm. hear their truth. I'm a witness. I feel honored actually when someone shares something with you that deep. I, I, and so I, that's, that's my biggest goal is I want to listen with divine ears and a divine heart and a divine soul. And I want to wrap them in that energy. Uh, And I, because when something tragic like that happens and they're they're they just, you know, they're having a hard time coming to terms with it. I, and I agree with you. There's a, it's really probably not a time for words. It's a time for compassion and just allowing them to have all their feelings, allowing them to have everything that comes up, just being there for them, I think is is very healing. When someone would come to me, they would already, they wouldn't be fresh, you know, they wouldn't be fresh right in it um, because I would deal with it differently if, if they were coming to me for a session. But I, I think when people are that raw, they're not really ready yet to even try to 
heal it. They're just, they're just raw. They just need to let go and, and express how that situation makes them feel. And, and that's okay. That's, mm, yeah. you know, so that's, that's how I try, I try to hold divine space. That resonates true to the heart too. Yes. And uh, feeling the feelings, right? Because it is an experience we, we don't want to bypass, right? Although some spiritual pe- teachers, they do that. I don't think they bypass, it's, it looks like it, but is that that they're in a different, um, such different realm that that's not, like you said, you know, it depends where you are, what level right. you are. So sometimes we don't feel the feelings anymore because we are not even here anymore in a way. Um, right. But you want to honor your, your, the person that's sharing that with you. You want to honor where they are at and really support them in that moment. That's not the time to try to tell them a different direction. That's just the time to just be there and just hold the space with them. And at a later time, if it, when they're ready, then, then it's time to, you know, open up some other views and other possibilities, but not when they're so raw. Yeah. Yes, that makes sense to me. Thank you for being a true healer. Because I do remember also when I was looking for help and I was kind of feeling lost, confused with all this, um, trying to trust my own self and and at the same time being living the world, being the world and play roles. I remember talking to people, I'm not sure who, but some of them said, oh, you don't exist, nothing matters. And that was shocking, another shock on top of already <laughs> a lot of shocks that I was going through. <laughs> right. You don't exist, nothing matters. Um, there's no suffering, it's all an illusion. So it didn't help. Yeah, I do remember that. And then another situation that I would love to hear from you, what your thoughts are, which I know it's not coming from thoughts alone, is in a case of suicidal thinking, I have also come across somebody else who said that to me. Uh, I've been thinking about committing suicide, and I actually have a date and all. And I remember just kind of not being able to say anything, almost trying to get more uh, of the of that feeling. Fear was not part of, of the presence in me at the time, so it was recent, actually. Talk to me about those. How do you approach people going through those moments of desperation? as I I feel it was. That's very interesting because I have actually, a lot of suicidal people have come across my path. Mm, Yeah. So, and and that makes me, now that you've shared that, I I think there's just some of us that that's one of our things we're supposed to be doing in this lifetime is helping those. And um, so the first thing I do is the same as what we were talking before holding divine space for them. But I take it very seriously. I don't, I, I don't just go, oh, this, you know, this is probably having a bad day. No, I take that very seriously. But I want to give them space and support to just let them, you know, because if you're really suicidal, a lot of times you're not opening up. So if, they're, if they've come to me and admitted it, then I want to keep that, that space open so that hopefully they can share some, some of it and, and then I will respond with whatever my spirit guys are suggesting. Sometimes it's like you need to go into healing mode with them, like right now. This is really serious. But you have to, you have to, if you're 
making those decisions, you have to really check in with your spirit guide messages because you want to make sure that you're not you, your 3D person isn't trying to take over and control this. You want to, you want to come totally from your spiritual soul heart self. And so I tell you what's been really interesting. And I've, I've, I've shared this. So there was a woman here in uh, Mexico, a young woman in her twenties. And, uh, I hadn't seen her in a while and she ran up to me. She was so excited. She went, Oh my God, I bought your book. She bought it, the one in Spanish. And, and she said, I have to tell you. So she wrote it on Google translates because she wanted me to make sure I understood. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So what she told me is before she started reading the book, she was very depressed, really depressed and did not want, well, her words, I didn't want to be here anymore which is, you know, a, a nice way of saying I, I'm, I'm done. I don't, you know, I'm done with this life. And, and so she said, I read your book and it changed my life. I, she said, I, it lifted my spirits and it gave me all these reasons to want to live. And so since she told me that I have run into three other people and they're all young that, that have said, you know, in their flowery, flowery way, they were thinking of, you know, not being here, of stopping their life. And so I just, it, it gave me an, a, a window to, to reach them without being, you know, just being very subtle. So I said, well, you know what? I had this young woman, here was her situation. And she felt like the book changed her life. And so I want to give you a copy of the book and, and I'm just hoping and praying that you'll, you know, it'll help you too. And I actually just ran into a young man yesterday, um, who's like in his mid thirties and he just couldn't say enough about the book. And so that's been one of my recent experiences is that, um, that's one thing I'm doing because I'm, you know, I know it worked for her and it's well, the, the three other people, they're still here. (laughs) It's, you know, they did, they didn't succumb. And so, um, that's what I would do. And then if, if somebody's, you just have to feel it. If somebody's ready to talk more then yeah, I would, I would talk more with them, but you just have to, I think you have to be in the moment with somebody who's on that fence about, you know, I don't know if I want to stay, uh, so it, you have to be careful because you don't, you, if they're finally opening up, you don't want to shut them down. So you have to be baby steps and very gentle. That's a challenging one, isn't it? Uh, that situation. I love the way you said to the advice about being very uh, taken as seriously because you yes. cannot ignore those signs. No. And what is the main cause for those thoughts? I remember having them too once in my life. And this, which I call life, is... Um, going through all depression, feeling like that was really coming from fear because that's the way I was living before, not trusting myself and um, a lot of trauma. And then in the the middle of that, the false self just kind of couldn't handle anymore and just, uh, oh, I just want to find a way out of this. And I remember having those thoughts, not too many of them. And then that's when um, everything changed. I stopped writing and then this podcast, traveling and all that. Is that the main reason, Chloe? It's living in fear 
choosing fear rather than love that brings us to that end in a way. Because we never die. We know that. Yeah. I don't know if it's um, so focused on fear. What I do think is it is a person reaches a point, a person in the 3D world reaches a point where they don't think there's any answers for them. They, they, they think I've tried everything. I just, I just can't do this anymore. And so they're not they're They've shut down parts of their soul because if your soul was open, you would never get to that point because you would know, like if you're really got an open soul and you're living a spiritual uh, life full of spiritual purpose, mm. you, you would always know there's other options. You would always know that. But, but that's a 3D, like just, you've just been bombarded with, I mean, and usually it's like there's valid stuff. I mean, you, when you, you hear about someone's life, you're like, well, God, I, I might want to feel the same way. If that happened to <laughs> yes, me. true. So, yeah. which, is, which is your, that is your compassion when you're listening to them. But, but it's also knowing if they, if they were awake, they, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't get to this point because there would, they just would know that first of all, they would know they're not alone. They would, they would know that in their heart, they would know it. And that's, I think what, when sometimes people get so desperate, they're just like, I can't do this by myself anymore. That's, you know, I just am so overwhelmed. But if you're, if you're totally on your path, then you know, you're not alone. And, and you, and you know, like, Hey, I might be having some weird 3D stuff thoughts right now. So I'm going to make a pack that I'm going to sleep on it. You know, I mean, there, there's things that you could do to, to give yourself a chance to wake up a little more. So, uh, so I mean, maybe fear, maybe the fear is that they think my life will never change. It's going to be like this every single day for the rest of my life. And that I can't handle. Maybe that's, maybe that's where the fear comes in. Like, fear that their life is never going to change. So I really appreciate your presence here today. Again, we're almost at the end. I have a few more questions for you, the ending okay. questions. But okay. before that, again, I want to thank you for this beautiful intention that you have the courage to write the book and tell a story that you never shared with anyone. <laughs> that, that's big. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> that's really big. So thank you so much for being here. And then uh, my, my last questions, let me see, because I have some choices here. I'll ask you this one. What do you love most about being in a human body? Hmm. Well, the first answer, which I'm usually, that's, I would recommend people go with their first answer that pops up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is if, be, now, because of where I am spiritually, I can look at things differently. And so I think the thing I'm most grateful for about my human body is that I'm still here with this knowledge and wisdom. I'm still here in a body, which means I can still do things to help our world because I'm here and I have a body to do it. I think, I think that's probably the thing I'm most grateful for because it's, it's different. If you're, if you don't have the wisdom, you haven't, you're not awake. Well, then it's a totally different experience uh, on your 3D body. But I just think, wow, what a team we're making right now. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I can yeah. get my body and I can get it <laughs> to say things and go do things. But it's coming through that wonderful spiritual filter. So with wisdom. Yeah. 
So I'm thinking that's probably my best answer. Yeah, I love your answers. So it's not about the specific thing that the body does, but just being the vessel, right? It, that's, yeah, that's a perfect word. I couldn't think of that word. That's it. I'm a vessel. Yeah. Uh, I love that, Chloe. <laughs> that spells wisdom. Yeah. Already. I mean, everything about you spells wisdom. That's what I meant to say. Everything. Oh, thank you. The moment thank I, you. I read about you, that just came across, it's vivid. It's um, the energetic resonance that just reaches us before thoughts. It's, it's so amazing to witness that. Thank it, you. It's beautiful. So uh, before we say goodbye for today, where can we find more information about you, your books, your services, your future projects? Okay, the best thing is to go to my website, which is chloekempwisdomkeeper.com. It has lots of information about my book, both the English and Spanish. It has information about my uh, spiritual healing sessions I do remote. And then if somebody wants to come to San Miguel de Allende in Mexico, they can have an in-person one. Um, so it just it gives a lot more information and a better understanding, I think, about what what my journey is and what I'm now offering. There's even like a, if somebody's on the fence about the book, there's a, a free sample chapter so people can like read it and go, oh, okay, this is good or mm, this isn't my cup of tea, which, you know, is fine. I don't care if it's not their cup of tea, but it gives them the opportunity. And then I do blogs. I just wrote a blog. Uh, I just posted it yesterday about um, how easily do you surrender to your spirit? And um, so, you, you know, you just, these themes, Trust, faith, surrender, they're in everything that I do. Yeah. Uh, wonderful to know. Again, a confirmation. Thank you so much again, Chloe. Thank you. And we'll talk soon. Bye for now. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Chloe Kemp and her work, please visit chloekempwisdomkeeper.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.